The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, making it sound good today, celebrating his 61st birthday today. Happy birthday to Dan Castellaneta. Ooh. As the voice one of, after your own heart right the there. the voice of Homer Simpson. Dairy Murbles. Derry, that's also Derry Murbles from yeah. uh, Thoughts oh, for Your Thoughts. Thoughts for Your Thoughts from uh, Parks and Rec. And sitting to my right, the mean Facebook comments to my internet show are West African Prince <laughs> Ishmael Johnson. People think that, like, whenever we, like, play those recorded shows, that, like, who do you think's playing the shows, guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who do you think's reading the comments on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, this show's so much better without Greg. Yeah, I as, don't as Greg puts on the the show. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so you were playing it. I I have I have completely disconnected. Did you comment along with the show as no. it was going? Nah, you're just letting it go. It's ghosted. So you're kind of following the comments though, because clearly, okay, well, I know he can't resist, have but that's him? no, I know it's a fair point. Very, very. Do you have to scold anyone? or Are you good? No, not, not by name. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I got a list though. Okay, you're keeping a list. I got a list. That's fine. That's it, I. I think it's only up to me to scold people yeah. by name. I'm the only one that gets really fed up. Today is Monday, October 29th, 2018. Twenty four days until Thanksgiving. Episode six forty nine. Six forty nine. Monty Ferris's OPS in his Lester's Texas Ranger career: eighty six games from ninety one and ninety two. He was one of two players the last time two college teammates were taken in the top ten of the major league draft. Ferris went sixth to the Rangers in nineteen eighty eight, and four picks later, Robin Ventura hey. went tenth to the White Sox. Both of them teammates at Oklahoma State. On today's show, guys, we're going to go an hour. We're doing it live. We'll do it live. We've got Monday morning fallout, overreacting to the football weekend. Then, talking to the head coach of the 7-2 Garrison Bulldogs. Huge win over Tenaha this week. We'll talk with Coach Larry Prince coming up here in a little bit. Back half of the show, we'll announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees and the Army Values Schools of the Week. And then we'll close it all out with a nice college football power poll with Shehan Raja. Ranking the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State. Who is calling me? It's probably important. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like five people. That's a joke for two. It's a joke for two. It was actually it was a call from. You know what's funny? It was a call from Milwaukee. I'm not kidding. Uh, anyway, so. No one gets that joke. No, that's that's a joke for two. Yeah, that's your uh, tomorrow we'll get into Max's trip to Big Bend, but we uh, will. Yeah, we'll do eh, it tomorrow. You know, I don't know. But for now, Max. Yeah. Air raid siren. Time for Monday morning fallout. Monday morning fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and not as much to overreact to, but we'll get to that. Let's start. With my three big thoughts. Thought number one: a return to normalcy. If you look across the Texas high school football landscape in week nine. Generally speaking, uh, compared to the two weeks that came prior to it, it was a lot, a lot smoother, a lot calmer. Mm. 
um, uh, no, as far as rankings are concerned. If you're looking for big upsets in the top 10, there generally weren't a ton of them. Um, West Rusk lost, lost again to Tatum. Um, you know, there were a few others, Hither and Yon, but, but not, not ones that I think would classify as giant upsets, at least in the top 10. Uh, where you saw things changing was in, I was on a sh- the show at uh, Craig Way's radio show, and he called it the undercurrent. Uh, that it's not quite up at the very top, but generally speaking, in a couple of weeks, when we take a look at the Texas high school football playoff brackets, a lot of the shape of the playoffs is going to be shaped by who wins third, fourth, and fifth in these districts. Mm-hmm. That's where you saw a lot of change. That's where you saw a lot of movement, and that's where you saw maybe uh, a little bit of of um, kind of chaos. It wasn't a ton of it, but it's little things, little things that are going to set up tougher roads for people down the down the road. So that's something to keep an eye on. We've got standings up at TexasFootball.com, so make sure you check that out. Uh, but we are getting very close to the playoffs. We're now two weeks away from unwrapping the Two weeks from today, we'll be doing our bracket breakdowns. And so think about that. How is that possible? I know. That it's, it's two already weeks here. From today. So, but for, for two but, weeks from today is also our Veterans Day special. We'll have to figure out how to do we'll, that. Well, I think it's just going to have to be a longer show, I and I think we'll have a peanut gallery next to you that you'll have to put up with. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, overall, a general return to normalcy in week nine of the Texas High School Ball season. Thought number two help us, dear King. You're our only hope. <laughs> so, it's now become pretty clear that there's only one team in the state, in college football, that has, like, a good chance to win its conference, right? The, there's only one. Mm-hmm. It's the Houston Cougars. And I don't think I'm overreacting to this. Because Texas spit the bit in, uh, in, in Stillwater. Yep. Not like their schedule gets easier either. It's, yeah, exactly. They, they draw West Virginia this week. Mm-hmm. Not exactly. No rest for the weary. Um... Texas A&M goes to Mississippi State and loses to a team that honestly I think they're better than, but they they played they did not play well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, TCU, oh god, <laughs> TCU lost to Kansas in football. Yeah, um, I couldn't believe that. Baylor, I, I came back. I didn't know what happened this weekend. Yeah, I came back to the Slack chat and I went through Shahan's uh, roundup. Mm-hmm. I what? Yeah. That's a thing that happened while I was gone. It was awful. Oh boy! Baylor got murder killed by West Virginia, but we knew they were out of the out of the race. Uh, North Texas has two lo- two conference losses now. They're probably out of the race, but that leaves the one team that looked legit great in this week of college football, and that was Houston, and they looked legit great. Playing without their best overall player, mm-hmm. Ed Oliver was held out of this game. They went and they smoked South Florida. Don't let that scoreline fool you. That was a domination. 21 points is not enough to, to express uh, how much Houston dominated this game. They are the team that if we're going to have something interesting happening in the postseason for Texas college football, it's going to come from Houston. And it's going to come from their superstar quarterback, D.R. King, who had himself a game. Remember how last year they just kind of threw him at quarterback? It said, oh, let's see if this works. <laughs> also, when, when you say interesting, do you mean excluding the potential for, for Tom Herman to fight another coach in a, in a bowl game? Yeah, that would be fun, too. <laughs> I don't know 
what the heck he was doing. But in any case, <laughs> he said know. there was a misunderstanding. I take him at his word. Yeah, G- Gundy. Uh, like most fights, Gundy said there was like a yeah, basically like afterward they they met at uh, midfield. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, like, uh, I was then suddenly very interested in the post game handshake they was, and they were, they were just like oh no you know it seemed like they were like apologizing to each other it seemed like Herm, yeah herman thought gundy was getting involved gundy was trying to get his guys away got it and so that's what happened okay. so. in any case sure. it looks hilarious please help us dear king <laughs> please help us and thought number three the exchange rate of style points so what is it right because there are some teams out there that are just that are, are winning in go runaway terrific fashion in texas high school football uh, teams like Mason are just absolutely clubbing people. Galena Park North Shore has probably scored more style points than any team in the state. And mm-hmm. they once again brought the wood to a good team in Beaumont-Westbrook and made it a no, no, a no contest. Um, but then you had games like Alvin Shadow Creek, who fell behind 34-7 to late in the third quarter and mounted a furious rally to come back and win that game, 35-34 to remain unbeaten. So there are almost no style points there for them, but a win is a win is a win. Mm-hmm. Um, Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove played Texarkana Liberty Ilo, a good, by the way, better than the record indicates Liberty Ilo team, struggled with them and had to come back and win. Weren't exactly a ton of style points in that one. So how do you measure style points in high school football, I think that that is something that will kind of shape your opinion of what what to expect going forward. If you value dominance, there are certainly dominant teams out there. But if you just value wins, you know, to, to quote a philosopher, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. That's Vin Diesel in, um, in, in Fast and the Furious. Anyway. The exchange rate. One of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to Kerrville Tyvee athlete Trapper Pennell. First of all, player named Trapper. Great. Trustworthy. That's Texas. 111 yards passing, uh, 65 yards touchdowns uh, rushing, and four touchdowns. He had 43 receiving yards and two touchdowns, and he threw the game-winning two-point conversion in triple overtime as Tyvee beat Alamo Heights in a critical district win. Texas State quarterback Willie Jones. Uh, Put that camera on that man. Okay. There he is. That beautiful sweatshirt. Been waiting all year. <laughs> Willie Jones. Willie Jones put on the cape for Texas State, and look, it wasn't pretty, and there there were at times where this was a almost unwatchable game. <laughs> yeah, but Texas State won this game because Willie Jones was pretty much the best player on the field, mm-hmm. and he put on the cape for them. A helmet sticker for Willie Jones, guiding Texas State. I'm sorry, guiding Southwest Texas to a victory. Get it right. Love those. Ooh, keep the uniforms. Hey. And Silverton athlete Neil Garcia. So this is a six-man game. But in a 110-72 to win over Cress, Neil Garcia threw or ran for 359 yards and 10 touchdowns. He threw for 231 yards and five touchdowns. And he returned a kickoff for a touchdown. So he had 16 total touchdowns for Silverton as the Owls beat the Cress Kangaroos 110-72, to a helmet sticker to Neil Garcia of Silverton. Three teams to watch. How about Amarillo Tascosa? What a win. Suddenly turning that district upside down uh, with a big win over Midland Lee. Uh, things get very interesting now in that district. Um, and, and so keep an eye on Tascosa, who is suddenly very, who, suddenly surging. Tarleton State, 
a wild game with Midwestern State, goes to overtime, and uh, Tarleton State survives on a on a mishandled extra point, and Tarleton State remains unfe- undefeated and remains uh, the best Division two team in the state. Uh, keep an eye on Tarleton State. And Grapevine. Grapevine put a hurting on Colleyville Heritage. Um, I expected that game. To, I, I, I think I picked Grapevine to win, maybe. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Hmm. I, but I figured it would be close either way, and it was not. Grapevine came out and laid the wood. Impressive from Grapevine. Keep an eye on them. Three to C for this upcoming week of football. It's Midway Temple Week, baby. If you have the means, get down to Temple, Texas, uh, to Wildcat Stadium for Midway and Temple. Fabulous, fabulous Central Texas game this weekend. A game I'm very much looking forward to, and I think a game that could help to shape what those brackets look like. Big game there. I'm actually looking forward to UTEP and Rice. Mm-hmm. I'm actually What's, looking forward to it. What's wrong with you? I'm actually looking forward to it because somebody's got to win. <laughs> That's true. Because somebody's got to win, and I want to see how far both of these teams under first-year coaches have come. Oh, man. So, I'm sure. actually looking forward to UTEP and Rice. Sure. And Battle of Unbeatens, Edgewood Buffalo this week. Uh, a very uh, hipster game of the week. Uh, Edgewood and Buffalo. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, those are three to see, and that is Monday Morning Fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash DaveCampbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash DaveCampbells, and, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. So I know who you are. You're a football fan. You're somebody who likes football. That's why you're watching this show or you're listening to this podcast. And you want more football in your life. Let me tell you, there has never been a better time to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. In fact, if you were going to pick like the sweet spot, it's probably like right now. And I'll tell you why. First of all, you get two magazines. You get the 2018 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football. You'll probably get that like December 1-ish. We go to print right before Thanksgiving. So you get that. Mailed directly to you. Profile more than 400 prospects around the state ahead of signing day. And the only signing period. You also get pre-order for the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. The Bible of Texas Football. Pro- previewing every team in the state. Uh, 400 pages. We mail it directly to you. Uh, subscribers last year get it a week early. But you also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. Including the usual stuff. Computer rankings of every Texas high school football team going up tomorrow. Computer projections of every Texas high school football game going up Wednesday. A season's worth of Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast with Matt Step and I. Uh, we're recording that tomorrow. Um, you get that. You get recruiting analysis from friends at Next Level Athlete. And playoff projections. Matt Step's exclusive, premium, barrel-aged a playoff projection on texasfootball.com. You get that. He projects every 11-man bracket. All those things, everything I just listed, you get a year's worth of exclusive online content, the two magazines, for nineteen ninety-five, for an entire year. Not per month, nineteen ninety-five for an entire year. It makes a great gift as well. Texasfootball.com. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming, uh, and, and everyone knows that you give gifts at Thanksgiving. So get them the gift of football this Thanksgiving at texasfootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max Built by Nature hotline and bring in the head coach of the surging 7-2 and two winners of seven straight Garrison Bulldogs. We are joined by Coach Larry Prince. Coach, how are you? 
Man, I'm doing good, Greg. How are you doing? Excellent. How are things in beautiful Garrison, Texas? It's a bright, sunshiny day. Uh, that's a change. Yeah, I imagine it. It, it sure is. Um, you guys have uh, are, have got to be, be feeling good after your big win over Tenahal. Uh, you guys really take command uh, of your district. Uh, I, I want to ask you, uh, you know, now that it's kind of you've had a little bit of time to, to let it simmer, um, looking back, you know, what impressed you most about uh, you uh, your Bulldogs win on Friday night? Well, you know, I thought that we had – we really came out in the second half early and, and took control. Um, and, and, but you know, you got to give coach Jenkins and those guys over there, uh, they just, they really don't know how to lose. Mm-hmm. And man, they fall back and, and made it, you know, it, it went down to the wire. Yeah, it really did. And you know, one thing that impressed me, uh, really about you guys is, is you guys, uh, you guys came out and you got punched in the mouth. Uh, you know, Tenaha came out and they jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead, and and you start wondering, okay, uh, you know, is this gonna is you know Tenaha once they get rolling, they tend to keep on rolling. Uh, but you guys came back uh, in the second half and ended up taking a lead in the halftime. Uh, were there any adjustments or anything you told your guys after the first quarter, or was it just a matter of settling them down? Uh, really, just a matter of settling them down. We once we we get the kids off the field and, and we're able to visit with them there on the sideline, especially up front with our offensive line, and you know, are they lined up like we thought they would? Are they doing anything different than we looked at in practice? Uh, and if they're not, then, then hey, let's just settle down and, and do what we do. Um, and and that was the case. They they kind of lined up like we thought they were going to, and 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 our big guys up front were able to to uh, take control and you know. And, I'm going to tell you, that they've got some defensive linemen that are men. They're, they're full-grown. Yeah, they, they are, and, and they're, they're, I know they're very tough. So how important was it for you guys um, to match them physically? Knowing, knowing that this, you know, the, the, the uh, kind of MO of these Tenaha teams tends to be that they want to kind of mash you, and, 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 and how important was it for you guys to match them their intensity, intensity physically? Oh, it was absolutely important. You know, we, we've got to – and that's our, our deal, too, is, is we want to establish a run game. And uh, and then we're going to take you know once we feel like we've got it established we're going to see how the defense adjusts and then take what they give us and um, but but it was very important for us to be able to to be physical right there with them. We're talking with Larry Prince, the head coach of the Garrison Bulldogs here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation hashtag TF Today. Uh, you know, Coach, uh, the guy that I think everybody talks about with uh, with, with your squad is uh, Sebastian Porter. Uh, You're kind of do it all athlete. <laughs> Uh, your your star running back and, and and the leader on your defense. Um, how important is he to just overall uh, what he brings to the team? Not just what he he does on the stat sheet and and when he gets the ball in his hand, uh, but from a leadership perspective. Well, you can't talk about Sebastian without talking about his character first. He is a great kid. Uh, he's a leader not only in the field house and on the field, but down the hallway. Um, you know, he's well liked and, and respected by his classmates, his schoolmates, his teachers. Um, he, he's just a great kid. And you know, on the uh, one another <clears throat> another side of this, the ball here. You know, you guys are scoring a lot. Uh, you know, uh, forty nine points in your big win over over Tenaha, but. Uh, you know, your defense seems to have a knack for the moment. It seems to have a, a way of coming up with that big stop uh, whenever you guys need it. Uh, is that something you can coach, or is it just kind of the uh, the overall character of this defense? Well, I think that's the character of the kids that we have out there. You know, they we, we talk to them about bend but don't break, and, and, and I think that 
they kind of feed off you know our offense. If if we go and, and get a lead, they're gonna they're gonna step up their game and, and try and protect that lead. Uh, we're talking with Larry Prince, the head coach of Garrison here on Texas football today. Uh, coach, I'm I'm real interested in 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 you know kind of a bigger picture question for you. You know, you're a guy who's who's got state championship. Um, uh, you know, pedigree. Uh, you were the uh, uh, you were the defensive coordinator for for Garrison when they won the title in two thousand three, a state finalist in 01. Um, You know, you were the defensive coordinator at Tatum when they went back to back in in oh five and oh six. Um, so you've seen state championship caliber teams. Is there one or two things that you think set apart uh, a team that can win a state championship? And and, and if so, uh, do you see that in your current squad? I think one of the things you have to do to win a state championship at this level is you have to be able to run the football when everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run the football and you have to be successful at it. And I, and I think we're, we've got a group of guys up front, a group of running backs that allows us to do that. Um, you know, we talk, talk to the kids and the coaches about what, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year that, you know, there may be, 12, 10 or 12 programs in the state that, that have a legitimate chance of winning a state championship. And I, I told them then, I said, I think we're one of those teams, but we've got to start at a high level and progress from there. And I think we've done that. Um, you know, you're you're in your third year there with the Bulldogs. And, you know, last year, uh, the very odd seven and six season, um, you know, it kind of surging late in, in, in the playoffs. Um, it's been a build there at Garrison. How how have you seen this program change in the three years that you've been there? Well, you know, I, I think that, <clears throat> number one, this this group of seniors, we've got a, a fairly large senior class for, for Garrison. We've got 15 seniors. Um, and I think that's a big part of, of the success. I think the really the, the biggest part of the success is, is we're actually playing schools that are pretty close to our own size. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not the small fish in the big pond anymore. We're 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 more like everybody else. We're not playing a, a numbers game. Uh, but you know, these kids they they've really bought into what we're doing. Uh, they love the weight room, and they love playing football. You know, you mentioned, Coach, the uh, the uh, the the drop. You guys uh, make the drop down to uh, to two A Division One from three A Division Two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when realignment came out, I'm sure you guys had a feeling that you guys were were going to be were going to be dropping. Uh, would would you characterize that as a as a pretty significant moment for you guys? Uh, you know, obviously this year and next year. Well, just you know, just as numbers wise, absolutely. But you know. When you look at the district we got put in, we're sitting there going, "Well, man, they really didn't do us any favors." <laughs> and we went from the, the frying pan into the fire, so to speak. Yeah, it was you know in there in that district in 11 two uh, A division division one with with Tenaha, Joaquin, Linden, Kildare, some really good squads there. You know, uh, now I do want to ask you, you know, looking forward now, um, you guys draw Harleton this week. This is a you know a Harleton team that's 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 struggling uh, a bit, but you can't lo- overlook anybody in in your district. Uh, but furthermore, you guys have the uh, the quite odd week eleven bye. Um, how do you how do you guys plan on approaching? Obviously, you need to take care of business this week against Harleton, but uh, how do you guys plan on approaching uh, the 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 bye week right before you hit the playoffs? Uh, well, you know, every week we talk to our kids. Our goal is to be one and zero every week, mm-hmm. and and Harleton's definitely not one that you can overlook. Coach Ward does a good job there. He's got they play hard. 
they get after it. And their quarterback, number 11, uh, he's a good athlete, and, and he's a great leader for them on the field. Um, but, you know, moving into a bye week, I'm, I'm, I've kind of looked at it, it, it trying to look at it from different points of view. I, I, I'm not sold that it's going to be a great thing for us, but I, I think it could be a good thing for us. Uh, kind of get our feet back under us a little bit, uh, get our legs fresh. We, we will do, you know, kind of go back to fundamentals and, and we will compete. Uh, you know, I, I would see us doing a, a real control scrimmage on Friday just to, to keep that competitive mode, uh, continuous, you know, without having an interruption in that. Um, but, but hopefully, we will, uh, you know, come out refreshed and, and our legs back under us a little bit. He is Larry Prince. He's the head coach of the 7-2 and two Garrison Bulldogs. Coach, really appreciate your time. Again, congratulations on the fantastic win on Friday night. Uh, best of luck this week against Harleton and down the road. All right. Thanks, Greg. There he goes. Larry Prince, the head coach, Garrison Bulldogs. Uh, huge, huge win. And, and, and again, you know, you don't want to you don't want to overlook um, any team. In district, uh, you know, Harleton's, you know, one and seven, or you know, they're 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 struggling a little bit. Um, you know, Garrison's going to be the favorite in this one. I just think, you know, it's, I I appreciate his his candor there to say, I don't know if it's going to be a good thing to have this bye week. So because yeah. sometimes, you teams know, are roll, your teams are rolling. I mean, they're coming off a huge win against Tenaha. Exactly. And so it's like, oh, carry, keep just it going. keep playing, just keep playing, mm-hmm. and well, and especially when you look at the way that like they did last year, right, where they sure. enter the playoffs at five and five, mm-hmm. right. At five and five, but then suddenly they get on a roll, and they start they start moving, and, and you know they, they kind of surge late in district play, and they just keep going. So that's very interesting that he he's he's not particularly sold that that having a week off to not play will be uh, will be a positive thing. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe um, they can send some coaches out to scout for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Maybe, well, but well, and right now, you know, looking at looking at the the way things are breaking out, you know, they'll play District Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really know who that's going to end up being right now. So you it might know. be it might be a thing where it's like, hey, two coaches go yeah. to this team, two coaches go to that team. Right. right. You know, it's you know, San Augustine. You know, San Augustine and Shelbyville play in Week Eleven. That'll end up being the winner. They'll probably they're going to play either. Uh, you know, we'll know a lot after this week when uh, when West Sabine plays Hulde Seta, because mm-hmm. um, that may eliminate one of those teams from contention. Um, but look, I mean, when you start looking at Region 3, I mean, Price Carlisle's looked great, and they deserve to be in that conversation. But I think Garrison's going to be in that hunt. And when they've got a playmaker like Sebastian Porter, who's their leading rusher, and he's their leading tackler. He is just a superstar, just a junior as well. So exciting times in Garrison, Texas. We appreciate uh, Coach Larry Prince hopping on with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. That was for you. That was an exclusive Ooh. right there. Let me pull up my talking points. There you go. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high scorer in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, that's here and now, TexasFootball.com will announce 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then let you, the viewer, and the voter, and the citizen... Vote at TexasFootball.com. Exercise your right to vote. When the Founding Fathers drew up the Constitution, this is the voting they were talking about. Voting closes each mo- each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced on TexasFootball.com shortly afterwards. 
crazy. I'm seeing all these people with I voted stickers that I know. Vote if it's Mrs. Texas football, uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's, uh, it's great. We we need to send people I voted stickers when they vote on the on the site. It's all over social media right it now. Really it's is. really insane. Yeah. It actually, your vote doesn't count unless you you tweet about it. The week nine Mr. Texas football player of the week nominees: Louise athlete Colin Gonzalez, 171 yards and four touchdowns passing, 79 yards and two touchdowns rushing. He also had 10 tackles and returned an interception for a touchdown. He's also the kicker and kicked four, four extra points. Not bad. So, Louise athlete Colin Gonzalez up for Mr. Texas Ball. So is Odessa defensive back Charles McClure. Two picks, two pass breakups, six tackles, and he returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Big, big game for Charles McClure of the Broncos. Huddo wide receiver Caleb Forrest had 10 catches for 243 yards and four touchdowns and took a kickoff back 94 yards for a score for the Huddo, for the Huddo Hippos. From the Hippos to the Demons, Dumas athlete Luis Ramos, 284 all-purpose yards, 96-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. He had 15 tackles. He forced a fumble, and he picked it up. Hmm. Round Rock Cedar Ridge running back Deuce Vaughn ran for 406 yards and four touchdowns for Cedar Ridge. That game was nuts. Did you, you were gone. That game was, I believe, 35-28 at the end of the first quarter. Good yeah, Lord. Okay. Yeah, that game was that. nuts. Their game with Round Rock. McAllen Memorial running back Campbell Spates ran for 310 yards and four touchdowns in a pretty standard game for Campbell Spates. Chico running back and defensive back Billy Morgan, 128 yards and two touchdowns rushing. He had 41 yards receiving, 14 tackles. He, re- he recovered a fumble, and he picked off a pass and took it 100 yards for a touchdown. Hawley wide receiver Garrett Hewitt, two kickoff return touchdowns, five catches, 83 yards, and three touchdowns. So five total touchdowns, two of which were kickoff returns. Fort Ben Kempner running back Jordan Shelton ran for 412 yards and six scores for Kempner. And finally, Bonham quarterback Tyler Rodriguez, 318 yards and four touchdowns rushing, 281 yards and five touchdowns passing. That's nine total touchdowns for the Purple Warriors quarterback. So those are your Week 9 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Louise athlete Colin Gonzalez, Odessa defensive back Charles McClure, Huddle wide receiver Caleb Forrest, Dumas athlete Luis Ramos, Round Rock Cedar Ridge uh, running back Deuce Vaughn, McAllen Memorial running back Campbell Spates, Chico running back and defensive back Billy Morgan, Holly wide receiver Garrett Hewitt, Fort Ben Kempner running back Jordan Shelton, and Bonham quarterback Tyler Rodriguez. Vote early, vote often, wear your I Voted sticker, and vote now at TexasFootball.com. You want to go get your replacement? Yes. Go Bobcats. Go Bobs. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in partnership with the U.S. Army, is proud to honor one school from each public school classification with the Army Values School of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the seven Army Values. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. The Week 9 Army Values Schools of the Week. In 6A, Shirts Clemens. Trailing 14-3 late in the second quarter, the Buffaloes exploded for 27 unanswered points to surge for a 37-30 victory over district rival East Central. In 5A, Lubbock-Monterey, the Plainsmen rallied from a 15-0 deficit to soar into the lead, then stopped a would-be go-ahead two-point conversion from Amarillo-Paladuro to nab a critical 49-48 district win. In 4A, Splendora, the Wildcats clinched the first playoff berth in 11 years with a dominant defensive effort and a 20-6 win over Huffman Hargrave. In 3A, Stockdale, in one of the wildest games of the season, the Bramas outlasted district rival Dilly 
33-27 in four overtimes. In 2A, Honeygrove, trailing 19-14 heading into the fourth quarter, the Warriors found a way to rattle off 10 unanswered points to push past Como Picton 24-19, improving to 6-3 on the year and moving closer to clinching a playoff spot. And in 1A, Silverton, fueled by 16 total touchdowns from Neil Garcia, the Owls topped Crest for a wild 110-72 win to stay in the hunt for a playoff berth. So those are your Week 9 Army Values Schools of the Week. In 6A, Shirts Clemens. In 5A, Lubbock Monterey. In 4A, Splendora. In 3A, Stockdale. In 2A, Honeygrove. And in 1A, Silverton. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com slash school of the week. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. It's my pleasure to welcome in the college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It is Shehan J. Raja. Shehan, what's new in your life? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So let's get to a college football power poll. Yeah, all right. We're going to get to a college football power poll. We're going to rank the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State because Shahan has nothing to say. I guess he didn't so get, we'll just to... get to... Well, wait. It's fine. No, 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 no. Let's go to the power poll. Max, 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 Max. We're all to number 12. What? Did you murder a guy last week? Is that what happened? What did I miss? We'll let you know soon, but not quite. All right. Was it with a knife? No. Okay. <laughs> college football power poll ranking the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State. Here with Shehan Jayaraja, our college football insider. Let's start with number 12, and number 12 remains... The uh, holders of the longest losing streak in the history of the state of Texas. Is that right? They tied it. TCU had it from, like, it was like 47 or something like that. 20 games. It's UTEP. Oh, no. Yeah. I know that they are now the only winless team in FBS. Yes, because, because San Jose State won over the weekend. Stupid San Jose State. <laughs> uh, yeah, so UTEP loses um, to UAB. Um, you know, they, they didn't. It, they didn't bad. embarrass themselves. No, no, no. And so Kai Loxley went down uh, during this game, but but really it was just that they couldn't get anything going offensively. And we've seen, you know, we saw a few weeks ago. Obviously, UAB has a great defense. They do. And uh, you know, so getting kind of shut down by them isn't you know shameful by any means. Mm-mm. Now finishing with, what, 120 yards or something like that. That's a little shameful. But, yeah. but at the same time, again, I mean, this was a game that was supposed to be a loss. And mm-hmm. and really, <laughs> you know, last week for the first time in a very long time, I picked uh, UTEP to cover. And if they had just made a 41-yard field goal, they would have covered. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I uh, actually picked UAB in that one, uh, minus, yeah. minus 16, and came up winner. Not a great week for free money, by the way. Uh, I, three I, and, three I, and seven. I... <sighs> I need to check how I did. I don't think I did well. Uh, I don't think you did either, because uh, I didn't, and we had a lot of the same picks. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, another another very bad, bad offensive game. Yeah. A lot of that is that UAB is a pretty good defense. Yeah. Um, actually, the the UTEP defense was not terrible. No, I mean the issue was that UTEP's offense couldn't stay on the field. Yeah. That's just about what was. Boy, hold on, let me see this. What was the time of possession in this game? Yeah, UAB had the ball for 35 minutes. Yeah. It's hard to win a game like yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, UAB, uh, UTEP drops to uh, O and 8 on the season. And uh, get Rice this week. There's your shot. And Rice is number 11. There you go, number 11 in the power <laughs> Rice is number Rice 11. 
Yeah, they they showed a little bit of life against UNT, but not hey, this game lot. was this game was seventeen seventeen in the third quarter, yeah. and we all kind of we'll start, we'll talk about North Texas in a moment, but we all kind of cocked an eyebrow like, whoa, what? Yeah. But then they yeah. hit the Jets. Yeah, yeah, and in a minute again, UNT's a lot better than Rice. They were supposed to win this game by a lot. Now, also, if you're Rice, um, I think that th- there's reason to be optimistic about this freshman quarterback Wiley Green. Yeah, well, it, the question I think becomes now, who is who's your guy heading forward? Because yeah. they played. Green this week, they played Marshman a week ago, and mm-hmm. both of them looked pretty decent, which, I mean, heck, you take having two decent quarterbacks ever, you know, one or none, yeah. but uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that battle I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if out. I wonder if um, if the coaching staff is just, like, pretty much doing, like, live tryouts. Like, knowing that, like, look, Rice is 1-8 and eight now. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a lost season. Yeah. Okay? You kind of expected that. Yeah. But but I wonder if um, the coaching staff now is just saying, you know what? Let's just let's give everyone a shot. Right. And see, see what, what we've we got. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, a, not a terrible way to go about things, but Rice does drop to 1-8. and eight. They remain number 11 in the power pole. Number 10 in the power pole. Uh, UTSA. UTSA. Yeah, just, just had a bye this week. Did not lose. Yes. I tell you, man, bye is having a rough, rough, rough year. <laughs> um, number nine in the power poll. A Texas State. Yeah! Yeah! They stayed in the same spot. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I will... <laughs> then so, that's what they should have done. Yeah, no. I. So, you know, the funny thing about Texas State is I moved them up a couple weeks ago because they had a better loss than Rice and UTSA, who got yeah. shellacked. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that would be a one-week thing, but this is their third week here. This is their third week here, and they're here to stay. A win. It was it was ugly, yes. but it was a win. Yes. Um, I think Will, Willie Jones, they've just, like, I mean, I think he's the guy. Yeah. He's got to be the guy. <sighs> Fitz played well, too. You know, it, it's tough. The thing is that Jones, when you don't have a very good offensive line, the fact that he can have that dual Bingo. threat ability. Bingo. You know, with... with with the roster that they have right now, Jones is probably the guy. Vitt looks really good. It's just, again, I mean, you have to rely a lot more on your receivers in your line when you have a passing quarterback. More importantly, more importantly, the most important point to be made here, Texas State, undefeated in those awesome throwbacks. There you go. Got to bring them back. Uh, I don't understand why. Yeah. Why don't we make the entire plane out of throwbacks? Like, <laughs> uh, there was a, a, a terrific, terrific win, uh, you know, homecoming. New Mex- nobody's going to mistake New Mexico State for a, for a world beater, but great, great win. Good to see New- Texas State get a win. Good yes. for them. Yes. Don't don't apologize for winning. Yes. Number, especially in this state right now. Because speaking of which, I can't. I you're. I mean, this is this is interesting. Yeah. Number eight in the power poll. TCU. TCU. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So when I put together the power poll. Mm-hmm. I take into account a lot of things. Obviously, you have to take into account previous body of work to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you also really have to take into account where this program is right now. And while TCU is not a worse team than some of the teams that they're going to be behind, losing to Kansas will get you down. And on top of that, you have that. And then you also have all of the negative stuff that's going around the program in general. Just... This seems like a program right now, at least this season, that's going in a tailspin right about now. It really is. Because the thing is, too, like TCU outplayed Kansas for basically the entire game. Unfortunately, they had a butt fumble at the end of the game. That they got, they got butt fumbled. They got butt fumbled. And their defense could not get off the field. And if their defense is going to start know, falling apart. Then it's in bad, bad it, shape. It's over. Um, let me tell you a shocking but true stat. Okay. Kansas and TCU have the exact same record. 
They are both three and five. They are both one and four in conference. <sighs> oh my god! This seems oh, eons, no. eons. Yeah. Since they like, since they had a lead against Ohio State. Yeah. How is this the same team? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know is the answer. This is the worst. This is the I, I said on Twitter. This is the worst week for the TCU football program in a long, long, yeah. long time. Like yeah. all things considered, you get beat by Oklahoma. Yeah. understandable, right? Sure. Then you you lose Cavante Turpin. Right. Um, you lose Sean Robinson, your starting quarterback for the year. We can certainly debate whether or not Michael Collins is is the better option at this point. Yeah, and he played well. Just for the he record. he actually was not bad. Twenty three no. of thirty three, three fifty one, and a touchdown to yeah. pick. He was not the reason they lost. The game. No, he wasn't. Um, but the defense was, and they just I don't know. It was yeah. it was a bizarre game to watch, yeah. and and suddenly I, like you're exactly right. TCU is in a tailspin right, right. now. And and again if. If TCU's defense can't get off the field, then TCU can't do anything well. Well, and here's—I mean, here's the thing. Now, now they come home and take on Kansas State. Yeah. All right. Oh, another team that does not let you get off the field. No, it doesn't let you get off the field. Then the, left on the schedule at West Virginia, yeah. at Baylor, yeah. and, and Oklahoma State. They are three and five. Yeah. Bowl eligibility is by no means a guarantee. They got to win yeah. three of their final four. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, you assume they're going to be like they're better than Kansas State, and coming home should better than Kansas too. They're better than Kansas too. You're right, but Oklahoma State suddenly yeah. looks very, very good. Yeah, I mean Baylor. It's at Baylor, but it's yeah. you know that's a weird game. Yeah. And then, but at West Virginia is probably probably not going to happen. Uh, you got to think you're huge underdogs in that one. No, I think that could go really poorly. So it is a it is a bad times bad times in Funky Town right yeah. now. Yeah, number seven on the power poll. I moved up SMU. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Despite a loss. Yeah. But. But, you know, they really played very well against Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's really good. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they went to overtime against Cincinnati. Cincinnati actually had to mount a comeback, kick a late field goal just to force overtime. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then then we had a Ben Hicks uh, pick six. I, I, again, the weirdest thing about Ben Hicks is that he actually doesn't turn over the ball as much as you think he does. But every single one of his turnovers has gone for a pick six. That's not. That's not like you're. You're not being like. What's the word I'm looking for? You're not exaggerating. No. You're. You're not. You know, just yeah. being like big and bombastic. Yeah. Literally every time he's thrown an interception, it's been returned for a touchdown, including, and, by yeah. the way, this one, which. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. I. We were talking in our <laughs> we Slack chat about that. I go. Have you seen this pick yeah. six? Yeah. It's a guys. It's a. It's a really bad throw. Keep in mind, this is in overtime, so they're within the 25. I think they might be at, like... So the pass, I think, was, like, to the 17 or something like that. So, you know, very close to the end zone, you know, pretty congested area. And they come out, and the receiver runs a drag, so just crossing around the middle of the field. They're in man coverage, so the DB's just behind him. Mm -hmm. And he throws it so poorly that not only can the DB pick it off, He's in a good enough position that he's away from the receiver and can run for a touchdown. Uh, it is a, it is a, just a. Oh my god! It's 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 one of the worst throws you're going to yeah. see. And I'm not trying to pile on him. Yeah. Because because overall, again, he wasn't bad in no, this game. No, no, no. But that throw, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It's it's brutal. But, but the other thing here's the other thing. Twenty four carries, twenty three yards. Yeah. SMU. Yeah. They didn't run the ball yeah. at all. And that's the issue, right? If if Ben Hicks was able to just go out there and throw for a bunch of yards and kind of pace the team, that's one thing. But since they can't run the ball, mm-hmm. everything's on Ben Hicks. 
And when everything's on Ben Hicks, it just it he's he, he's not that guy. Yeah, he's not that guy. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but you know, I, I mean, I think that if we looked at we looked at SMU early in the year, mm-hmm. and we saw a team that again we thought, oh no, is this team going to go two and ten? They're showing life now, and um, you know they've really kind of recovered in a decent way from their really terrible start to the year. And in perhaps the most damning indictment of football in this state right now. Number six in the power pole. <laughs> the top half of the schools in the state of Texas is Baylor, <laughs> who got murdered 50. by West Virginia. Do you know who the so this is their worst loss since 2007. So this is how much college football's changed in the past 11 years. Do you know who that loss was to? No, Kansas. Oh my god! <laughs> That's oh my god. how much that things was. Have uh, changed. That was God. Who's that quarterback for Kansas? Uh, um, was that uh, he's from? He's from Todd Reesing. Yeah, Reesing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Todd Lake Travis quarterback. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, that's how long it's been. And okay, guys, don't make don't look at this score and think that it was fifty eight to fourteen and oh Baylor only lost by forty four. No. What West Virginia? Yeah. West Virginia dominated this game from stem to stern. There was a moment in the first quarter. Yeah. Where where Baylor was playing very poorly. Yeah. But they were in it. Yes. And you just say, all right, right now, if you turn it around, yeah. you're in it. Right. Because the red zone defense was actually really good. It was yeah. holding up okay. Yeah. Forcing a lot of field goal. Uh, I mean, uh, West Virginia missed two field goals in the first right. quarter. Right. And they go to the second quarter, 10 nothing in a, in a game they've been thoroughly outplayed. And you go, yeah. all right, if you wake up right, right now, it's game on. One of these two things is going to happen. Either Baylor's going to come and recover and take advantage of the opportunities they were given. Or it's going to be forty-one nothing at halftime. Forty-one nothing at halftime. <laughs> um, Char- Charlie Brewer was horrifying in this game. Yeah, yeah. One for eight for twenty-two yards and three picks. Now, in in Charlie Brewer's defense, yeah, this was maybe the worst game the Baylor receiver core receiving core has had in decades. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They did not help him out. One of one of those three interceptions he had right. was legitimately, I believe, hit Denzel Mims in the hands yeah. and deflected into the hands of a West Virginia defender. Yeah, yeah. There was a time, uh, at this time last year, we kind of thought that Denzel Mims was going to be a three-and-done player. Mm-hmm. He has not helped himself this year. No, he, he had a he had a bad he had a bad game and he kind of had a, he's had a, a disappointing year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and injuries have played a part. But injuries have played a part. Still but been this has been this has been. I mean, it, this was a. a Terrible, terrible game for Baylor. Yeah, and actually, uh, you know, since you guys have gone on the show, uh, Charlie Brewer apparently is actually in the concussion protocol now. Mm. So he's questionable for the upcoming week against Oklahoma State. If he's out, Jail McClendon will get the start. Gary Bohannon, the freshman quarterback from Arkansas, might get some playing time mm-hmm. as well since they're in that four-game window now. Well, and now, I mean, yeah. look, again, you start looking at the schedule and they're 4-4. Four and four. Yeah. Suddenly the TCU game seems gettable, yeah. but Oklahoma State doesn't. Yeah, Iowa State doesn't yeah. look particularly, and then you got Tech at the end of the year, yeah. and and you know. I I think that I think that Oklahoma State is somewhere in between what they've been and what they showed last week. Probably true. You well, know, I, I I think that I think that again, that's one of those games that you just get still watered, yeah. right? Right, you so, get still watered. So I mean, I think that again, TCU is a fifty fifty sort of game. Oklahoma State's fifty fifty sort of game. Uh, Iowa State is not, <laughs> and Tech is not. Speaking of tech, number five in the power pole is yeah, Texas Tech. That's um, that was disappointing. That because yeah. it was it was there for you, and yeah. and yeah. Alan Bowman's going to want this game back. So he had two pretty terrible plays down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first was just a complete freshman mistake. 
he uh, he runs back. He's being pressured. He runs into the end zone, tries to throw it away, gets called for intentional grounding in the end zone. Go and ahead, that's a safety. safety. Mm-hmm. And so they were only down uh, – I think that they were down – Two. Se- was that it? They were down two. That took oh, the lead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 33-31. That's right. Yeah, so it was only – it was tied 31-31. Texas Tech had the ball. They had a chance to go down the field and put themselves in a great position to win this football game. Instead, Bowman called for the safety there, uh, and then Texas Tech's D is just gassed at this point. They give up a touchdown, and that's basically the ball game. Yeah, Tech got aimed in this one. Yeah, um, yeah. And – you know, look, I, I don't know if this necessarily changes my opinion on the trajectory of the team. No. But look, you got Oklahoma this week. Yeah. I mean, it's Oklahoma, Texas, and yeah. then and then, you know, th- th- these next two weeks are, are tough. Yeah. And then it's at Kansas State, which is never easy. Yeah. And then it's Baylor. Yeah. I still think, you know, seven wins is still very much in reach. Oh yeah. Oh, um yeah. but that that's a disappointing one because you feel like you probably should have had it. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's it just this just seems like a, a tech team that's good and probably exceeding our expectations, yeah. but it just seems like that little bit extra is right there. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, that Ole Miss game. You know, if if Bowman's ready to go from week one, if he's the starter from week one and comes in ready to that game, I mean, Tech is a better team in my opinion than Ole Miss, uh, regardless of what happened in week one, and and if their defense was kind of ready. Uh, and then same deal with this. You know, they lose by nine points, of course. It's, mm-hmm. and, and even the West Virginia game. They go down 28-7 to seven after the first quarter, and that was really the only reason they lost the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, this is going to be a year, I think, that Tech looks back and is like, oh, man. It was right there for us. Right. This could have been a nine-win sort of season. But mm-hmm. um, And, you know, I, I think that this is still a good year. And I think that this is a great year for the program. And Bowman's going to be a star. And they bring back basically yeah. everybody on offense. The defense next year is going to be a little bit more of a question mark. But, again, this was a building year in a sense, but it's a year that I think that you have all this experience on defense. You should have maybe gotten a little bit more out of it. Number four in the power pole. North Texas. A win's a win, but it it just kind of continues a trend of just, like... Fine. Yeah, just kind of, you know... I'm starting to feel like I've got a beat on them, which is that they're an above-average Conference USA team. Yeah. Which is not bad, yeah. and they're going to win eight, nine games. Yeah. But, like, again, it just feels like that, that dominance is not there. Yeah. I, I mean, because North Texas is a high-ceiling team, but they just don't perform to it every week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is offensive line issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But, again, I mean, just at a certain level, too, you have to create those opportunities. And, and Rice is not a very good team, no. especially they're horrific on defense. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you weren't able to consistently get things going until late in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, especially in the running game, that's mm-hmm. concerning. And, again, I mean, how do you fix a line midseason? You can't really. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, again, Mason Fine had another great game. He's just kind of – he is what he is, which is fantastic, yes. you know. But um, I mean, the good, do it all. I mean, here's the good news for North Texas. Let me pull up the remaining schedule. The, yeah. the, the good news for North Texas is they yeah. get a bye week. Yeah. And then – It's the easy part it's of the West. Old Dominion. Yeah. You get Florida Atlantic at home, which, man, remember before the season we were talking about what, how this could be a showdown? And it's yeah. like, guys, I don't know if you pay attention to Florida Atlantic. They're not very good. No. Um, th- them, and then you're at UTSA. Like, yeah. you should win out. There's no reason you guys sh- – uh, like, uh, there's literally no reason North Texas shouldn't finish the year 10-2. and two. Yeah. 
And now, the, the only thing is that they're probably going to miss out on a conference title game, which yeah. is disappointing. Yeah. They are. They but are. in any case, um, 10 wins is 10 wins is 10 wins. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean. <laughs> and again, I mean, this team won one game that's what, in 2015. A few years, yeah, a few years oh, ago. Man, so, so really you know, it, again, and they bring yeah, back. Yeah, we're, we're picking nits here. I want to be clear. Right, right, right. And I mean, again, the other thing that we have to think about, too, they bring back the entire offense next mm-hmm. year. So, I mean, you know, it, this idea that it's the ceiling or anything like that. No, it, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. Number three in the power poll. Texas A&M. Mm. So, so I don't think we mentioned as yet. You might have mentioned earlier, but the Power Five teams in the state went zero and five this weekend. Woof. And uh, A&M. This was. I'm just gonna say it. This was an extremely Kevin Sumlin loss. This is very. I mean, guys. I hear. I kept watching this game. Yeah. I watched this whole game, and I kept thinking. I know who the better team is. Yeah. On the field here. Yeah. And that team's not winning. No. And the worst part about it is Nick Fitzgerald's had completed 46% of his passes heading into this game. Mm-hmm. He and goes 14 he, to 22. He torched them. He did. And I understand that you can have weaknesses in the secondary, but like at a certain level, these players are not good enough. The, the, cor- the corners really let down. Yeah. Um, really let down the, the Aggies in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, and offensively, again, the wide receivers did them no favors. The, the receivers were horrible. Yeah. They found, they found a way to be worse than Baylor's receivers, yeah, yeah. which is saying something because Baylor's were awful this week. Right. And, and the reality is Mississippi State is fantastic in the front seven, so they were always going to be able to stop the run to a certain extent, even against Trayvon Williams. And so, I don't know. It's just one of those games that you're like, really? But it's really cause and effect, right? Because I tweeted about this that um, Travion Williams in their three losses is averaging like 2.3 yards per carry. And in their wins, it's like 6.5. Part of that is that their three wins have come against teams that are really good at stopping the run. Uh, Alabama's obviously got a great front seven. Clemson's got maybe the best front seven in in the nation. And then Mississippi State, you know, for all their flaws, they're very good up front. So it's cause and effect, but you, you see... There is a blueprint now to beat A and M, and that is you got to expose the corners and you got to stop the run. If you right. do that and you make Kellen Mond beat you again, I think Kellen Mond's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, but he's he can't be the only guy out there. Right, right, and especially you know without Jamin Osborne out there. Yeah, like that. You know they don't really have a go-to guy, and I mean Sternberger's their guy at yeah. tight end. But like he had a bad game though. Yeah, and and that's and he got two pretty critical drops. And, and he wasn't least. brought in here to be the leading receiver on an no. SEC team. You know he was brought in here to be like wow. The tight end just escaped into the flat. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he was brought in to do. Number two in the power poll. Uh, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> to, quote, to quote Mike Gundy, <laughs> that was um, that was ugly. Yeah, and yeah. and y- you can't help, again, but, but talk about a unit that's been largely pretty good yeah. letting them down. And the defense yeah. was bad in this one. Yeah, well, especially, especially the secondary. And, you know, the, their starting corners, uh, Devontae Davis and Chris Boyd, were both suspended for the first quarter in this game. And, like, sure, the first quarter was not good. 17-7 to 7 at the end of the first quarter. But they also got killed in every other quarter. Yeah. So, and, and oh, my God, Chris Boyd had a couple of plays that were just... You you start shrugging, and you're like, what are you, what's, what's going on here? Right, right. I mean, especially that jump ball touchdown. Are you kidding me? Now... Here's the good news for Texas. The good news for Texas is that everything's still in front of them. Yeah. It, they control their own destiny. Yeah. If they win out, they win the conference. Yeah. Here's the problem. Yeah. You still got West Virginia on the schedule. Yep. Um, on and, Saturday. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, at Tech. Not great. Not great. You know, and then Iowa State, who is, we can we can say, can beat anybody. Right. Uh, and then you finish at Kansas. Yeah. Um, 
Now, look, Texas is is probably. I, I think they're. I think they're. You know. I think they're okay, but I like. I think that we we figured out now. We had an inkling yeah. that like this is not a top ten team. I don't know why they're right, top ten. Right. I'm comfortable saying they're a top twenty five team. Yeah. Um. But I'll tell you that these next two games are going to tell the tale. Yeah. Um, if things are truly different, then they go out there and they win at least. They, they definitely beat Tech. Yeah. And, you know, if they, if they beat West Virginia at home, then yeah. suddenly everything's right back on track. Well, to me, I think that if they want to play for a Big 12 uh, title, they have to win this week. Yes. I, I think that whoever wins this game... Texas versus West Virginia is going to play Oklahoma in the Big 12 title I think game. you're probably right. This is probably a, yeah. a, basically a Big 12 semifinal. And, and the reality is there's one team that's completely befuddled West Virginia, and other than that, they've looked amazing. Yeah. You know, and, and that Iowa State game was so weird. Yes, can, can Texas sort of do that? I don't know. If that secondary plays like it did this week, then it no, won't. No, no, and that's the thing, right? You know, because this week they got, uh, they got absolutely torched by Talon Wallace, the talented wide mm-hmm. receiver at Oklahoma State. Well, Will Greer is obviously a much better quarterback than Taylor Cornelius, and David Sills is an elite receiver. Marcus Sims is an elite receiver. Gary Jennings is an elite receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just it could be really bad if there's going to be lapses in the secondary. The reality is a couple of plays can swing a football game if there are plays like that. Yeah. Finally, the new number one team in the Power Pole is Houston. The Houston Cougars. Yeah. And guys, I said it I said it a little bit earlier. Yeah. This was a butt kicking. Yeah. This was this was yeah. it, it, it's this is a, a rare example where a twenty one point win yeah. was like not indicative of how yeah. thoroughly they dominated them. Well and and also, I mean, they gave up thirty six points, but I don't even think that's fair to uh to Houston's defense because in the second half they held them to one touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, so they made plays when they counted. Uh, Dear King, I mean, my gosh, <laughs> like, Dear King's we, incredible. I, we don't talk about him enough, nope. and 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 really, for me, I mean, we haven't touched on Houston that much in in our coverage because they kind of have been playing the easy part of the schedule. Yeah, Tulsa, East Carolina, right. a bad Navy team, right. and so you know, it, it was just so unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Their one game against a good team was against Texas Tech, and they lost, and they lost. They got smoked, and. And I always thought, you know, first of all, I thought that Tech is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And two, I thought that, you know, Houston, maybe like, and I think they maybe have surpassed Tech at this point. But, you know, they're sort of that really good to not great quite. Mm-hmm. This game proved that they have great in them. Yes. And because after winning this game, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they've virtually captured the uh, American West Division. Yeah. You know, because Memphis is having a down year. And so... Now, yeah, it's not. All, I will say this about Houston: it's not all sunshine daffodils. Uh, the defense, I know. It's look, the defense loss. was not great against Navy. It was not great against Tech. Obviously, it yeah. was. It was not incredible against South Florida. Now, yeah. without Ed Oliver, yeah, worth mentioning. Yeah, um, they'll need to improve if they want to win this conference title. But yeah. I will say there is no like ten wins is certainly in yeah. range now. Oh yeah, and a conference title. They're they're the. I would say the best hope for a conference title in the state. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was uh, I was actually talking to our boss about this earlier. You know, conference title weekend, Texas is a maybe to mm-hmm. be there. UNT is kind of out of the picture now after losing to UAB. So really, it could all come down to Houston maybe traveling to UCF. Mm-hmm. You know, and and if they do that, I mean, I'll tell you what. Like, then Houston's going to be the marquee team in the state heading into next year. I Absolutely. Mean, it, with all respect to Texas and all that, but. I mean, Houston has an opportunity here to really put things together. Because a year ago, 
replacing Tom Herman was always going to be hard, mm-hmm. especially with the amount of talent they lost. Now all of a sudden they have a lot of guys returning and a lot of guys developing, and what they finished seven and six last year, I think, mm-hmm. right? And so going from seven and six to it would be to potentially su- ten, eleven wins. It, it would be pretty surprising to not see them win ten games, really which be. which is crazy. Yeah, at that point they'd have to they'd have to cough up a game they really shouldn't, right? Uh, right. To not win ten games, right? So that is your college football power poll: number twelve UTEP, number eleven Rice, number ten UTSA, number nine Texas State, number eight TCU, number seven SMU, number six Baylor, number five Texas Tech, number four North Texas, number three Texas A, number number two Texas, and the number one team, the Houston Cougars. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment: final thoughts. Oh, baby. Here we go. Uh, very important question from Ed McElroy. Tep, when is Hardigan back on Friday night? This Friday. This Friday. Thank I know God. you guys missed her. Thank God for the rest of us. Please. I know. C.T. C.T. Steckel did an admirable job stepping in, but I'll tell you, I was having the conversation with him, and he's a television professional, yeah. but he came in, and he's like, I don't know how Aaron does that. Like, and, yeah. and, and it's not just sitting next to me. Uh, it's, it's because she's a supernova of energy. That's, that's yeah, the bottom line. That's exactly it. That you need, you need somebody. Like, it's, just, it's, it's such a different show than anything else. So Aaron yeah. is back this week. She, was, um, she, had a, uh, she had to do Pelicans the week before, and then she had a family thing this week. She's just very important. She has to be in many she's places. She's very important. Right. Correct. Brandon, she asks, how can Carthage not be ranked number one, 34 straight wins, beat some 5A schools, and the defending 4A D2 champs? Uh, isn't it pretty easy? Argyle started number one, and they have not lost, and have done nothing that, to lose that spot. That's basically it. And yeah. and honestly, if you want to put Argyle and Carthage as co-number ones, you're certainly within your right. I that's think fine. that it's there. Uh, again, yeah. if you want to say Carthage is number one, I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh Brent Holman says, not that I'm counting, but 13 days and a wake-up until the Veterans Day show. That's right. That's right. We do. And we, I think we've got our three guys. I think it's going to be him, Corey Hogue, and uh, Samuel DeLeon if he wants that spot. Fantastic. That's going to be great. And, well, that'll be a, quite a show because we're going to do bracket breakdowns too. So I know, right? Uh, and finally, Jacob John says, went to the game of the year on Friday. Alma Heights Ivy. Tyvee being height yeah. 64 to 62 and three OTs. That game was nuts. Yeah. Uh, and he said it, the field goal had the distance at the end, but it just went right. Mm-hmm. Just missed it. That's it. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Max Thompson, Shehan J. Raja, and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.